Allen's a superstar. Stop being a hater, everybody. going on bills mafia it is a happy victory monday finally i mean we only had to wait a week but either way good right uh welcome to first round by your the monday night mafia men or something i i I, man i gotta get it it. (laughs) um (laughs) but today we have super duper special guests we got my main man the guy who i started this whole journey with the, the built on buffalo thing just in general uh you know we we've been Real good friends ever since. Uh, my man Eli Fox, all day Buffalo. Please go ahead and su- uh, support that podcast. Great podcast on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. That was on Saturdays, correct? Yep, Saturdays. How you doing, Eli? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, Victory Monday makes every Monday better. So, um, now I've kind of been riding off that energy, um, but I'm doing good. Absolutely, absolutely. Sounds good, bro. I'm, I'm glad you uh, helped the end and everything is going well with you. And then, of course, we got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Jake Jordan, the lowdown every single Friday on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. How are you doing, brother? Bro, you already know how I'm doing. Everybody in the comments section is feeling the same way. Finns fans are on the watch if you know what i'm saying they're crying it's the best thing ever they said they were gonna come be two and oh be two games up in the afc east but what happened what happened we already know what happened it's on the thumbnail beat down in miami they thought that i i thought they were just gonna score 14 points but you know what they scored not 14 not 13 not 12, not 11, not 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. They scored zero <laughs> points. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are minority owners of the Miami Dolphins. Probably majority at this point. It should be put up on the damn wall of fame that they have in their stadium. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills 
every single time. They're six and one, and if it wasn't for a Charles Clay Dop drop, Dop, it would be seven, seven and, and o. o. And you know that Josh Allen is five and o against Brian Flores, who's supposedly an amazing coach, but not amazing enough to make Tua Tungavailoa actually look good. But we'll talk about that as well. I can't wait to talk about this. Oh. This is hilarious. <laughs> Tua got run over. That is oh that's a good God. one. That's Dude, a good one. Hold Seth, on. I, I mean, I was going to save this for later. I was going to save this for later, but after that, I, I've got to show you guys. Okay, so basically, let me just let me start it off real quick. Bills absolutely stomped the Miami Dolphins. Um, and what the player of the game to me, he only had one tackle. But oh my god, oh my god! Uh, here, guys, just, just enjoy tape. this. Run just enjoy tape. this. Just enjoy this. I told you, this guy, AJ Epinesa, was in for a huge second season, and he was awesome against the Dolphins. Look at how he ducks under the right tackle and then flattens to Tua Tungavailoa on the hit that ultimately knocked him out of the game. Here, he bull rushes the right guard, leads to an interception. After that, the Bills moved him to the other side of the line, and he dominated former first-round pick Austin Jackson. Two bull rushes in a row into Jacoby Brissett's lap, and right when Epinesa made it seem like he was purely a power player, crossover to the inside for another pressure, and a cleanup sack for Justin Zimmer. For a little more refinement, swipe move for his eighth pressure of the game. If Epinesa continues to play like this, the Bills' defense is going to be very good this season. Absolutely. I had to, because this is hilarious. So I had to, to show the video coming off of that, but, oh man. Um, so we'll, we'll hop into it really quickly. Uh, well, not really quickly. We got the entire night. Uh, the Bills versus the Dolphins. The Bills take first place in the AFC East with a win uh, and a Jets lost. Uh, so the Bills are now first place in the AFC East uh, with a division win. Jake, bro. What, 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 you know, like what, what was this defense on? Like, what are they like? What's going on, man? It just seemed like a brand new defense this year and they're all over the place. I think the defense was just smoking that Miami Dolphins pack. You already know where it is. They were absolutely loving what they were doing down there. Every single time they go down there, they seem to like what they're doing. And man, this is just hands down Leslie Frazier knowing exactly how to get to Tua Tungavailoa and then getting to Jacoby Brissett, who, by the way, the last time the Bills, I remember having a shutout win in the regular season was against the Jacoby Brissett-led Patriots. So uh, that's just a fun fact for you there. But this defense was absolutely electric Leslie Frazier went out there and showed why he should be a head coach in the league but he's still just our defensive coordinator and you gotta love the way that they've just picked up this season it's weird last season it was like man the defense is really falling off our offense is amazing but this year it's like oh, our offense is off to a slow start but our defense is absolutely electric blowing up people it doesn't matter Next week, they're going to get back there to Taylor Heineke. The week after that, whoever's behind the Houston Texans offensive line, God forbid it's uh, Tyrod Taylor is about to feel exactly what. It won't be Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is uh, potentially going on IR. He's potentially going on IR, though. Oh, my God, bro. Like, Does that surprise us, though? I mean, with the hamstring, come on, bro. Anyway, no, like I, we're just soaking it up. I think the power of the Miami Dolphins – tears was then being fed into the defense who decided to just then take their anger 
that they had still built up from the week before and then took it out on Jacoby Brissett, who also did not look that good during this game. So overall, soaking it up, 35-0. and 0. There are still some problems in this game, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the defense, dude, um, amazing. Absolutely. And real quick, before we get to my brother, Eli, we got a super chat in the house from Bills and Buffalo family. Brooke, love you, Brooke. Appreciate the love and support as always. She says, I think the defense liked having a preseason last year. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> liked having a preseason last year. Hyatt and Poyer said it was like going from zero to 60 in the first game. But that's just me. I agree with you. That's a pretty good point, Brooke. Uh, thank you for the support as always. My man, Eli, bro, what, what, what's going on with this defense, bro? They, they just on another level this year, bro. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'll mute myself. They, they, they are on another level. Um, it It's like, it's pretty awesome because I think that a lot of Bills fans, um, you know, they were skeptical of this defensive line. And it was like the one part of the defense that we weren't really too sure about. Um, and now it looks like it's panning out and Greg Rousseau is not going to be a bust, obviously. And um, I just think that this group of guys too works really well together. Uh, Leslie Frazier has cooked it up just right to it, what seems like to have a pretty consistent pass rush because it wasn't too bad um, against Pittsburgh and it got, it looked like way better <laughs> against the Dolphins. It maybe just took, took advantage of their offensive line, but um, it was, it was really fun to watch. And it, I think, you know, you get to see guys like Levi Wallace benefit from it too. Got a nice pick from it um, off AJ Epinesa's pressure, which we saw in that video, but I love seeing that defense play well. <laughs> Absolutely. That was uh, extremely fun to watch. Um, my brother, uh, DJ Mack, the, one of the newest members of Buffalo, uh, the Bills and Buffalo family. I did the pregame show with him on Sunday, and uh, he actually said that Greg Rousseau was going to have two sacks. So I do want to give him his credit for that. Called it perfectly. Uh, that was his his bold like prediction, hot take type kind of thing. And he hit it right on the, you know, the head. So shout out to DJ Mack for that. Man, listen. The all around, first of all, to hold a team to zero points is nuts. In the NFL, that's not that's that's not a real thing, right? Um, that rarely ever happens. And to hold a team that is slated to be a playoff squad that's in your division, the teams that are supposed to know you the best in the league, to absolutely so the Dolphins were 0-4 on fourth downs. That is nuts. Man, that first of all, I want to be, give a big kudos to Leslie Frazier. I, I, Brian Dayball, uh, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But all of the um, all of the praise that Brian Dayball got last year, I truly and honestly feel like Leslie Frazier has deserved it for a few years now, and most certainly deserves it now. He has even last year they didn't have a preseason as Brooke mentioned before uh they were banged up at the beginning of the year they took a little bit to to get everything on track and he still ended up making that defense elite by the end of the year then previous to last year they were elite previous to that year they were elite they were the only reason we got into the playoffs in 2017 so man first Leslie Frazier you deserve all the credit in the world um, I told y'all the two was a bum. I I, <laughs> I told y'all, listen, I told y'all, I told everybody, nobody would they was like, oh, give two a chance. I I don't I'm I, okay, cool. You know, give him a chance. I get all of it, but the way I scout, I, I look for like your high-end talent, right? And when I, I see you play and I say, okay, all right, you know, he can make 
these like for for instance, Josh Allen is a perfect example. People called him a bum after year one, right? But if you watch Josh play, you're like, mm, he's not a bum. I mean, he may not be playing great right now, but he he has some talent that is there that if you put this together, he's gonna be nuts, right? And you know, last year he he you know vindicated us to you know with that type of uh thinking, right? Um Tua to me doesn't show really anything like he he shows me that he can throw the ball which i mean if you're an nfl quarterback you better be able to do um he's accurate sure but he he doesn't really seem to know how to read coverages he obviously can't read blitzes because i mean jake jake uh wanted to actually jake go ahead and uh tell us about what you were saying pre-production where you were just talking about the reasons why to uh you know him getting hit so much was his fault because he got hit a lot before the injury even happened he was not doing basic things that a quarterback needs to do, which is call out the blitz, either make the defense have to change it or have a running back come over to help support the line. Because if you see the blitz and your receivers in motion and you see the guy isn't moving, there's probably a pretty good chance he's about to come absolutely lay you out. So when you don't do that twice and then you get hurt on the next, like the, the next one was just pure AJ Epinesa absolutely beating the offensive line. But like, if you're a Dolphins fan, a lot of people are absolutely trashing their offensive line, which don't get me wrong, it's not amazing. But some of the sacks that were given up were just purely on Tua. And then Jacoby Brissett did it a few times too. Like, it was just things that they didn't need, like things that didn't need to happen. And Tua could have avoided them, and he just didn't. Like, only delusional. Okay, so when it comes to Tua, right, I'm pretty sure they kind of knew that he wasn't going to be their guy, and we can talk about this. Uh, just kind of. When do you from think a, they found out that he wasn't going to be their guy? When they drafted him, because the organization has obviously shown, and there's been reports coming out that Brian Flores wanted Herbert and didn't want Tua, whether those are true or not. I see Oscar Cruz down there, too. The Dolphins going to win the next game. Dude, if Tua – okay, so Tua comes back, what? We play them in what, like like five weeks we play what them again? What did you just say, Oscar? Hold on, the, bro. You got to get flamed for this. What type of okay. take is this? Y'all like 0-6 in the last six games. Y'all lost by 35 points. What 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 would possess you to think that y'all going to win the next game? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Jake. Go ahead. You can have you can have hope in the team, and I'm not like obviously if we were in the same position, we'd be like, yeah, we're we're gonna beat you. You know, it's kind of like what we did in the division all those years with the Patriots. Like, oh, we're gonna get you the next time too. But really, what I I have to look at is like, well, the Dolphins, you know, their schedule coming up. Like, if two is out, like one, Jacoby Brissett just completely sold out. Like, I think Jacoby Brissett probably did a little bit more than what Tua was going to do because. Jacoby Brissett is a little bit farther along when it comes to the skills of a quarterback. And it was pretty much the game plan was wrote on Tua after JC Jackson already came out after the Patriots game and said, look, after Tua doesn't get his first read, he's like, it, he doesn't know what to do. And what was the Bills game plan? Well, we're going to pass rush and we're going to take away his first read. And you know what happened? He got absolutely dominated. And then when he had to hold on to the ball longer than two and a half seconds, he got hurt. Because he took a routine tackle, which I guess maybe you can say that to a soft, or you can just say he landed the wrong way, whatever. But if this guy's going to be 
their quarterback of the future, one is going to have to be able to take those shots because that offensive line, they've drafted an offensive lineman every single year in a high round, and they are still bums. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, like they don't know how to evaluate. Just like Bill Belichick doesn't know how to draft a receiver, the Miami Dolphins must not know how to draft a damn offensive lineman because they're turnstiles out there. And even the guys they bring in are turnstiles. So it doesn't matter what quarterback was back there yesterday. Leslie Frazier in that defense was about to absolutely destroy them. Absolutely. And real quick before I get to you, Eli, um, on your, you know, I, I, would, I do want your take on Tua as well. But real quick, I do want to point out, Jacoby Brissett moved the ball pretty well. Um, the thing that really derailed, you know, his drives was Avis Sachs because the offensive line was just letting people free. He, he, it wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, but the, the, obviously the sacks and then they couldn't, they couldn't convert on third and fourth downs, but he was moving the bra pretty well. And Tua wasn't moving the ball well at all. I think he had a three and out. He completed one pass and then it was pretty much downhill from there. Um, but Eli, how did you how do you feel about Tua overall just as a prospect? You're muted. <laughs> Gotta stop doing that. Um, overall, I think that I think that like before this game, I might have been one of those guys that was like, hold on, like let's see Tua play a little bit more. Cause I think I'm just someone that wants to see someone play as much as they can before I get like a, a real judgment on them. But after watching this game, the, at least while he was in it was just like almost painful to watch him because it doesn't really look like he, he has any command over the offense. And I think that might have something to do with him not really playing the whole year last year. Um, and like being taken out in, in, in like game winning drive opportunities, bring in Fitzy and like you, you have no command over anything if that's going to happen to you. Um, so I think that might be some carryover from that. Um, and then, you know, he's not very accurate at all. Uh, I just don't really see much upside in Tua. Um, and I think they're definitely going to be, within the next two years, going to be looking for somebody new, um, somebody that can uh, – they're going to have to draft somebody, someone that's going to be the future, I guess. Um, but it'll be interesting because I don't think that the Dolphins expected that getting Tua, um, but it seems like a lot of Bills fans expected it. <laughs> well, you said the Dolphins are going to be looking for a quarterback in the next two years. That's that's a lot longer than I was gonna say. This year, <laughs> this year, this year. Yeah. This I year. mean, now they might be thinking like we need to figure out who our next quarterback is gonna be. So, yeah. so immediately as soon as one Tua went down, we didn't know what the severity of the injury was when he first went down. The way he was walking, I kind of thought maybe it was his hip again, and I was like, oh god, like that's that's worst case that scenario, scary. right? Yeah, like. And then he got carted off the field. That's what made me think it was a leg injury because he had his leg straight and he was just sitting there. I was like, oh, God, like what happened to this guy? But then in the middle of the game, after I'm seeing what Jacoby Brissett's doing, I'm like, well, they're probably going to have a pretty good pick this year. At that time, we didn't know what it was. And, you know, there's this guy named Spencer Rattler that everybody's high about, even though I don't think he's going to be that great of a quarterback when he comes in. Uh, but this quarterback class stinks. And what I love for the Miami Dolphins to stink in a year, give up on their guy, not get Deshaun Watson because of pending cases, and then have to draft Spencer Watson. Rattler. It. Go ahead, no, take and him. Then, no, and well, one, if they if they get Deshaun Watson and they give up all those picks, one, they're a horrible franchise because you shouldn't do that with all this pending stuff. But two, like if they did, they basically don't have a first round pick for the next three years. 
So then you don't have to worry about them getting a really good quarterback if they trade for him and he then goes away. But if they get Spencer Rattler this year too, dude, I'm not scared of him either. So like, I would prefer that the Dolphins go and get a quarterback this year because yeah. like th- there's not a lot of options. It's right. kind of one way. Either, either they stay with Tua or they get someone like Spencer Rattler and it's not going to affect us at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been watching college football this year. Um, and yeah, there are no quarterbacks that make me like, oh, that guy's really good. Like they, none of them have commanded their offenses. I'm looking at teams like Alabama, Ohio State, and I'm like, wow, these quarterbacks are not good. <laughs> and this draft class coming up kind of reminds me of like the EJ Mayo, Geno Smith uh, uh, mm. draft class where it's like a third round talent might end up getting taken in the first round just off the strength that he's a quarterback, yeah. you know? So th- this guy, you know, maybe like, again, like you got guys like Kellen Mond for the Vikings, who was a second, third round pick last year. I forget which where he got yeah. drafted, but he would be a first round pick in this draft. Yeah. You know? So yeah. uh, um, again, yeah, you, you said it best. You're like, I, I'll be perfectly fine with them giving up on a guy this year and then going ahead and getting another bum. So <laughs> that, that'd be Uh-oh. perfectly fine. I love Mary's comment down there because I've heard there is some movement on this Cam over Tua of them bringing Whoa. in Cam Newton. He is. Cam Newton is better than Tua. He is. Dude, I think that that might be a good pickup for them, honestly, bringing yeah. in Cam Newton because of what they can do in the run game. Like, if that that's the one thing you need is that if your quarterback is going to have to be behind a turnstile of an offensive line, he should at least be able to run. Yeah, so he should be Cam Newton sized. Yeah, and he should be Cam Newton sized because he's not going down with a rib injury after a routine hit like that. So I think that Cam should be in a. Uh, why does that say Nate over Tua? Is that Nate Peterman? Is that what we're saying? He's better than Tua too, Man. bro. I. <laughs> I'm thought, joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I thought we were. Get, I thought we were going to get Nate Peterman for the re- like for a little while with the uh, Raiders, Raiders when Derek Carr went down. I was like, oh boy, I can't wait for that. Uh, three picks and uh but it's still not worse than zach wilson the other day but dude this four right yeah he threw four rough day and then uh sam darnold decided he wanted to go just absolutely ball out that's great didn't i tell y'all sam was going to be a beast i I told y'all sam was going to be a beast look that's two i'm two for two sam and tua i was right i mean it's week two but i'm still calling it it's so hard, too, because I have, like, this NFL shop credit thing, right? And I was like, oh, I told my girlfriend, I was like, maybe I'll get, like, your dad a jersey. And I was saying it during that day. I was like, oh, maybe I'll get him a Zach Wilson jersey. And then he throws four picks, and Sam Darnold goes off, and she's like, I wouldn't do that. I'll probably make him sad. I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, it's it's so weird how, as an organization now, that we're not a dumpster fire, like, yeah, of course, New Mexico, smash the like button, everybody here. Like, if you're in here right now, oh, what's up, Don? I see you popping up in the Don, comment section, too. Hey, Don, Don. always oh, here to support us. But, dude, <laughs> Bills would, wouldn't – I would say – I think Spin says Bills would have the number one defense if it wasn't for Carolina. I think that means we – I don't know that. We, we wouldn't have the number one defense if it was for Carolina. I don't know. But – no, I think she but, means we might have like the number two defense in the league as of right now. Yeah, I'm not Uh-oh. sure. I don't know, dude. I, I mean, you can go on about oh, that, scoring. But anyway. Actually, yeah, that makes sense because what Pitt scored 23, 
The yep. Steelers score is zero, so what? That's like a 12-point average. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably true. Yeah, but just like – oh, Jake, is an, is an O-line better with Caesar to get credit? What? Online better with – is an online better with Caesar to get credit? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Are you are you talking about like, oh, I'm an online better with season. I I can't even understand what that's. But Dave, the fish got squished. Let's just keep talking about it, right? This game <laughs> was absolutely amazing, right? Thirty-five to zero, and you'd think, okay, thirty-five points. The offense had to be just absolutely rolling, right, guys? Yeah, it had to be rolling, right? Well, you want to talk about Josh Allen's stat line? Josh Allen went 17 for 33, 179, two touchdowns and a pick. So that doesn't look like Josh Allen rolling. It was the run game, everybody. We have said this. It felt like a 2019. I'm not going to say Josh played like shit. I'm not going to say that. I see, I see Andrew. Did. He didn't play like shit, but he didn't play good. And we and he knows he didn't because you can see it was 35 to zero and he's sitting over on the sideline like this. Like, like you know, like he knows that he didn't play good, but our offense, like our offensive line stepped it up this game and the run game, like our two running backs said, you know what? I mean, especially Zach Moss after the fumble, decided, you know what, we're gonna step up. And it felt like a 2019 Buffalo Bills game, did it not? It did. Literally. <laughs> Like the run game was like, it's literally just the run game was getting it done. The passing offense was subpar and our defense was absolutely elite. So I, I have expectations now he's overthrowing receivers again. I, I, I see that Andrew, but I'm not going to say that it's completely on Josh because not every single thing was an overthrow or an under, like he understands those things are there there was one that i did not get to see during the game i was out playing uh i was out playing cornhole and then they were like oh the game's back on apparently overthrew emmanuel sanders coming like right out of halftime but i i i don't know i'm not gonna put all this on josh because like i think that he still has room to improve like and he knows it and we know like the thing was in 2019 he was he was like okay right like he wasn't good but we didn't know what his ceiling could be. And we know what Josh Allen can do. I think this has more of something to do with him and the receivers than it just him by himself. Because I don't think him and Emmanuel Sanders are definitely not on the same page. Eli, what do you think about Josh Allen's play? Um, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy to, to start criticizing him just yet. I know that it, it's not exactly, you know, as Bills fans, what we expected or what we wanted to see. Um, after such a good 2020 season. Um, but I think it's just, you know, you, the, the fact that he didn't get to play in the preseason at all, um, really. So so I don't know, like, you know, he didn't have a pre- preseason last year, so you can discount that if you want. Um, but, yeah, he's still getting in rhythm with the entire offense. Um, so I think that that's going to – that might take a little more time than what we um, expected or want to see. But it's not like he's playing terrible. He's just playing – at a pace or at a level that he can most likely surpass. Like we know that he can do these MVP type things, but he's not doing them. So it's like watching a, a dog that's, that, you know, is not like that. That's trained to do the right thing, but he's not doing the right thing. It's just like, 
why aren't you doing what you know how to do? <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It, it's a, uh, it's confusing to me a little bit because I want to see, and I know what he can do, but it's not alarming just yet. So let me ask you this. There is some speculation that crowd noise is a big thing for Josh. Now there was no crowd last year. Then when there was a crowd in the AFC championship, or I'm sorry, in the AFC divisional game, didn't play great. There was no crowd. There was a crowd in the AFC championship game. Didn't play great. Two games this year. There's a crowd. Hasn't been playing great. Do you think there's any uh, any realness to that uh, that speculation? I think it, it can only correlate to like his nerves, and I think that he's just a nervous guy in general. Like I bet you, he's always been dealing with nerves before playing games um and now he's in the nfl and now he's got all these expectations and a massive contract to to live up to um so i think yeah of course the guy's nervous um and having sixty thousand people screaming at you doesn't help that at all um i don't think that it it affects his you know his, his talent um but it affects how he utilizes his talent maybe um so i think that he's just gotta he's just gotta find a way to i think battle through that and I don't think that it's going to be something that haunts him for his entire career. Um, he's still young. He's still got time to, I think, maybe he doesn't have time to learn, but he's still got some places to grow in. So, And, and he's someone that always gets better. So I, I think that he's going to overcome that. Absolutely. Um, I'm right there with you. Watching the game, I was I was very disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, I'm one of Josh's biggest you know, apologists, supporters, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's it's hard, you know, because I do hold them accountable, really. Like, you know, as, as, as little as people want to admit it, I, I do hold them accountable. You know, I'll tell you everything he does great, but then I also tell you where he needs to improve. Um, he did check down a little bit more today. I did like that. It was a little quick um, as he didn't let the defense, you know, back into their zone at all, really, before he threw the check down. So I think he's still learning timing, um, you know, as far as that goes. There were some overthrows. Man, those overthrows hurt. Uh, there was an underthrow to Diggs. Uh, there was a couple underthrows to Diggs, honestly. Uh, there was one up on the sideline uh, where Diggs lost the guy. That was an underthrow because that's a touchdown if he leaves Diggs. Um, there was an underthrow uh, on a crossing pattern, and – that could have been a, or actually that uh, could have been a touchdown potentially. There were there were a few really really bad passes where I was thinking like, yo, Josh, you got to get it together. Um, I, I don't want to criticize him too bad because it's only two, it's only week two, um, you know. Uh, and and also honestly, when he came out uh, in the second half, he had a really good drive. Uh, Josh is good for that. You know, if he's struggling in the first half, the second half, that first drive, you can bet your ass he's probably going to score a touchdown uh, because that's typically what happens. And that's exactly what he did today. He backed up that touchdown drive with the bomb to Stefan Diggs, even though you might consider it or it's considered an underthrow. Diggs caught the ball and it was a 41 yard game. So whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, there were, like I said, just just a lot of things that you like to see better. And you know, one thing that one thing is really encouraging for me is the fact that we were winning 35 to zero and he was on the sideline looking upset that that makes me feel better because he wasn't he wasn't complacent with what the, the result was. He wasn't just like, OK, we won the game, whatever, whatever. Although winning does come first, he wasn't satisfied with his play. He knows that he has to play better in order for us to win a championship. And he game. knows that he can play better too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, 
I was a little discouraged at being 0-1 because it's like, oh, man, you know, there are teams like the Chiefs who really don't lose, you know, so it's like it's going to be hard to get that first round by the the, the number one seed, et cetera. And then they Chiefs lost. lost. <laughs> exactly. Chiefs lost. Chargers lost. Uh, the Ravens lost last week. Uh, Steelers lost. Uh, so the Raiders are, you know, Raiders are balling. So shout out to the Raiders for beating two powerhouses in a row. Appreciate that because I really don't think they're that good of a team and they're not going to be a real threat down the, down the line. But if you can put two L's on two really good teams, I'm all for it. Um, are they going to beat the Dolphins? Yo, they, oh, they I, the honestly, Dolphins I, I, I can see the Dolphins winning that game because that's who the Raiders are. You think they, so? They, they lose the games they're supposed to win and then they come out and they shock the world sometimes, you know. So, um, but I do want to ask you guys. Jake, what's up, Mike? This, my this guy? question it, it pains me a little bit. Do you think Josh got paid too early? Nah, no, I don't think so. Just because I, I'm pretty sure. See, I had this conversation. I was battling with myself every single week I did my podcast because I was always like, "We got to talk about it, right? You know, it's coming." I was kind of I thought we should have waited until next year, but I was like 5149, so I wasn't going to be mad if we did it this year. I think it was smarter to do it this year because there was the uncertainty of what we were going to get this year. If we got MVP Josh Allen and won a Super Bowl, you're not getting Josh Allen for the for the money that we paid him in the future, right? Like you wait another year, it could absolutely one reset the market again. Because who knows what Lamar's getting paid now that he went out and won that game against the Chiefs. Like, I, like who knows what he's getting. And I, I really just – I think that Josh Allen, like, it was a good thing to pay him. Uh, I think that he will shake it off. And I kind of wanted to pose this question to you. And I know that once we get to Eli, he'll have to answer the uh, – Are you talking about the Williams question? We, no, 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 no. I wanted to – I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about the play calling in general, because I know we were kind of trying to put it on Josh with the underthrows and everything, but what came out afterwards was Josh saying that the game plan almost changed the day before with the offense changing. And he gave props to the O line for being, it was a more run heavy type of thing that they did. Were the play calls, what they were preparing for all week, did that get changed on Saturday? And that's why Josh looked so uncomfortable back there because he wasn't fully prepared for what was going to happen. I don't like that answer. I, I really, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like that answer. Mm. I don't, it seems excusatory to me. It, it seems like an excuse. It seems like he's trying to, you know, just absolve himself of responsibility. And I know that's not Josh. I'm not necessarily saying that's what he's trying to do, but that, that, from the way it was presented to me, that's kind of how it sounds to me. I didn't hear the original, the way he said it. So I don't want to put that on him, yeah. but I don't like that um, because the, there was nothing. I mean, the play calling wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. Mm. You know, Dable has been, he hasn't been great for two weeks in a row now. Um, however, and like for instance, the one drive, I think it was like after halftime or whatever, you come out mm. and run three straight times for what? For what? Like, why? I don't understand that line of thinking. Um, so I don't like that answer. A lot of Josh's mistakes were just simply misfires. He overthrew or underthrew somebody. It wasn't it didn't necessarily have anything to do with the game planning. So I, I really don't like that the way, you know, I don't like that. 
Also, the thing I would like to pose too is the Miami Dolphins secondary is no joke. I was so say that I, too. you can't forget that. Yeah, like that you can say what you want about their defensive line and what they can do with their pass rush and everything, but their secondary is still no joke. So maybe some of these elite. Yeah, like so maybe, you know, these last two weeks, and I get it, Josh Allen against top ten defenses last year was an absolute killer. But this year, with defenses more prepared early on, that's going to make it a disadvantage for Josh early on, and he's going to have to overcome that. And Brian Dayball is going to have to overcome that because these defenses are in more real form than they would be when you faced them at the beginning of last year. So I definitely like to chalk it up to it's still just them trying to get on the same page, Brian Dayball trying to figure out stuff, and Josh just kind of, you know, overthinking things a little bit but i still have faith that over time throughout this season like once we start getting to the middle of the season we're going to be firing on all cylinders on both sides of the ball so the thing that confuses me is like when he came i understand that it was against backups in a preseason i'm fully aware of that Mm -hmm. but the way he just came out looked super perfect against the packers and then like you got beat writers saying this is the josh we've been seeing all Mm -hmm. all training camp all preseason and it's like Oh, okay. I thought he was ready. And then he comes out and performs, you know, less than stellar. Like he's not performing bad, but he's damn sure not performing like a top three quarterback. Mm -hmm. So um, that is what's a little concerning to me. So I do think he'll be able to get it together. You know, I don't know, maybe if there's some pressure from being 260 million dollar man, I don't, I'm not sure. Never made that much money. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. But um, Eli, do you think he got paid too early? No, I agree with Jake. Um, I was definitely a little bit more concerned about it. I was excited about it when it happened, but then like it happened, I was like, "Oh, crap! We we actually paid him." <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But like, I you know, I think about it more. I don't, and even though he hasn't played up to his MVP standard, um, I don't. I don't think that he got paid too early. I think that, um, like Jake was saying, say he does go on to win MVP, Super Bowl MVP we win the Super Bowl, whatever, he's going to be worth like 55 million. Mm -hmm. Something crazy, you know, just way more than what we've paid him already. So I think it's kind of good that we got it out of the way. And we know what this guy can be, just as just what you were saying, like with beat writers saying, this is who we've seen all training camp. We saw him come out against the Packers. He looked better. He looked better than he was last year in that, like in parts of that, him being on the field against the Packers, that throw to Gabriel Davis was, you know, not many people can do that. Um, so that's the guy that I expect to see. Um, and I think it's still in him and it's still there. So, and it's, and like we've been saying, it's, it's, it's two weeks. So, you know, we could see by week four MVP Josh Allen. Um, and that's fine with me. Um, but, you know, I don't think we paid him too early. Yeah. So there's a lot of great questions. Um, there's a couple questions I actually want to pose mm-hmm. to you guys that I've seen in the chat so far. Uh, but real quick, before we go any further, we got my man, my brother, Mr. Izzy. Izzy. What's, What's up, baby? How you doing? Behind the wheel. Hey, you're fresh from work. What's up, brother? How you doing, bro? Uh, dude, work was hell today, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got that fresh Burger King behind him, man. Uh, <laughs> No, that was that's old Burger King. <laughs> old Burger. King. Well, we appreciate you coming and joining us as always, brother. It's it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, bro. So I have a question for you. Do right. you think Josh Allen got paid too early? No, I don't think he did. 
Uh, I was actually listening to my man over here, and I think he hit the nail right on the head. Uh, if you wait till after this year and he throws for 4,500 yards again, you're, you're going to pay him 50. So, no. Yeah, not at all. That's a good point. I mean, he still has two more years on his rookie deal. And really, yeah. uh, in his new contract after this year, if he shits the bed proverbially, they can still be out of that contract as far as I'm aware. Mm. Okay. So, all right. Well, didn't know that, but okay, that sounds Bean, good. Um, Bean leaves himself an out, man. He never he never boxes himself in. That is true. Bean is a genius. Uh, there was a question that I wanted to pose to you guys. So, Eli, I'm going to go to you first. Um Okay, somebody asked this question, but I can't seem to find it anymore. They said, instead of Josh getting paid too early, <laughs> do you guys think Daryl Williams got paid too early? Uh, uh, I don't think so yet. I, I Yeah, it's only week two. I can't say someone got paid too early yet. Um, okay. And I think even though it's Daryl Williams and he hasn't been playing too great, um, and he just looks like really slow. He just doesn't look like he can handle any pass rush. Um, but I think we give him a little time. Yeah, I, I, I think. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Izzy. It's cool. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Izzy. I don't think we paid him too early. I think, uh, and again, we have a contract with him where we can be out after this year. So I, I think that it was cautiously optimistic when we paid him. Um, I don't know. I, I like Daryl Williams, and if he can return to form, then cool. But if not, I mean, after this year, he's out. So. Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, I think just because of the right tackle market, you kind of like after the performance that he had last year, you kind of had to pay him because you knew that the market was going to be absolutely ridiculous to try to get him later. So signing him and then having an out after one year, but then also knowing that just in case that doesn't pan out, you go draft two tackles that you can develop behind him just in case then I think that it's kind of just uh, like a safety plan was to draft them just in case that they knew something like this could happen, which if they knew something like this could happen, that is exactly why in the wording of the contract, they do have an out after the first year. Yep. Because they're always And they thinking. do all the contracts. They do all mm-hmm. of them. Milano's got an out after, after the first two years. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, mm-hmm. as of right now, it doesn't look like Milano's going anywhere. So Absolutely. And I, I think – I think Feliciano too has an out on the deal we gave yep. him too. So I, I want him out, but I'm not gonna go. <laughs> um, <laughs> he looked good yesterday. He did look good yesterday. Yeah, he was I mean, decent. He did break Singletary out. He's looked bad enough to the anyway. Like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and roast John Feliciano, but it's, it's okay. Um, <laughs> Jake Lone Wolf says a lot of fans wanted a receiver early in the draft last year. Do you think we need a more dynamic receiver opposite the Dukes? No. Nah. No, I don't think so because we have Gabe Davis and you know I'm going to be a homer for Gabe Davis. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to beat that drum. I saw Pat Moran said that he was the president of the Gabe Davis fan club. What? Pat Moran is in here? Uh, no, 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 not in here. I saw oh, it on Twitter earlier, and I just wanted to be like, there's no way he's the president, because if he's the president, I'm the emperor of the Gabe Davis <laughs> I fan club, because like, I've, I've, I've been smoking that Gabe Davis pack since I was a freshman in college, dog. So that's, oh, that's right. You UCF fan. Yeah. So, I'm an elite member. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, I, I love what Gabe Davis brings, the versatility that he has. Obviously, you can keep drafting receivers. Like, it doesn't hurt to have a wealth at receiver. So, 
Do I think we need to take one really early, dude? With how deep these draft classes are, you can get you like you can get elite talent in the later rounds if you develop them correctly. So I don't think that. Oh, what were you about to say, Izzy? Like Gabe Davis. Yeah, like Gabe Davis. You you can get a guy like that later in round. Like people still, uh, Marquez Stevenson made the team. Like, who knows what to I literally, I was opening football cards the other day and pulled a rookie Marquez Stevenson signed. And I was like, I'm so glad that I got this because when Isaiah McKenzie is in here in a couple of years and Marquez Stevenson is that guy that Josh Allen's making look really, really good, then that card's going to get me back my $15 I spent on that pack. So <laughs> I, I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to be really, really good when it comes to developing receivers. So, I think posing that question right now, somebody say, is that saying that we don't have a really good receiver opposite of Diggs. And I think, like, just because Emmanuel Sanders and Josh Allen aren't on the same page right now, doesn't mean that Emmanuel Sanders isn't a really good receiver opposite of Stefan Diggs or that Gabe Davis with his underutilization that they had this week, which probably had to do with him being injured, yeah. not his, not his like play or anything like that. Like, I think we have really good receivers, and I'm pretty sure we're set across from Stefan Diggs for the time being. Eli, how do you feel about our uh, receiver group or just the, the skilled players overall on our team? I, I mean, I think we're, I think we're fine. I think, I think we have all the skilled players we need. Um, I think Don said it that we needed um, more OL depth, more help um, on the line there. I think that's something more that we should be focusing on if we want to focus on it or looking at cornerbacks. Um, you know, Levi Wallace had a good game, um, but there could always be someone better than Levi. Um, so you could say the same thing about, do we need a more dynamic cornerback across from Trey white? Mm. You know? So I think, I think that, that the receivers are set. The running backs should be set. Uh, I don't think there's anyone better that you can get. Um, and Devin Singletary seems like he's, uh, you know, playing well so far. So skill positions are fun. Mm. Uh, speaking of Devin Singletary, uh, we got three touchdowns from the running backs in this game. I don't remember the last time that's happened, but uh, we got one from Devin Singletary to pop off the game. Nice 45, 46 yard run. That was beautiful to witness. Uh, and then we got a after a fumble, by the way. So this is Zach Moss's. He had a family member pass away um, on Saturday. Right. And he still decided he was going to go ahead and play on Sunday. Fumbled to start the game. And then comes back and scores two touchdowns. One of them was a, talk about an angry run. If it weren't for that run in, in the Patriots game, he he would be winning that uh, scepter this week. Um, you know, from uh, those guys over there. Good morning, football. Mm. But uh, talk about the adversity that he overcome. He, uh, I'm sorry, Izzy. Uh, how do you feel about Zach Moss and how he as he relates to you know this team and how he fits in? Uh, you, you know, I think that he and Singletary make a great one-two punch, and everybody keeps saying that it should be Singletary, it should be Moss, but why? When they're both playing on that level, why would why care? Like, give Moss the ball in the red zone and give Singletary the ball between the 20s. Like, this is, this is not that complicated, and we're going to get to the red zone, so there's no reason to trip over it. This is weird. And then watching Moss make people make business decisions like he said he would last year. That man, was it Brandon Roberts or something like that? I don't know who it was, but he got – his cream, his, his he got his corn, <laughs> he got his corn creamed 
at the at the, <laughs> at the goal line. They were like, he, he's feeling it because he's he's holding mm. his arm, and I'm like, hey, he probably shouldn't did that. So hey, it, and your business Zach just bounced right off of him, yeah, went right back for the end zone. That was nuts, dude. You could hear that it. was like you could hear yeah. it just rack. I was like, oh, someone hit Zach, I, and I was like, no, Zach hit someone. Yeah, like I when I saw that first, my first tweet that went out was business decisions with an exclamation point because that's exactly what I thought. Because when you could hear that, when those pads hit, it was like two walls colliding. And it just turns out one was a plaster wall and the other one was a damn brick wall. And Zach Moss, like when Roberts went down and Moss just kind of hit him, stopped and then went in and then flexed on the boy. I was like, that is absolute, like, that is emasculating when yeah. someone does that to you. That man absolutely killed it. I, he needed a game like this, especially after, you know, coming off of something like losing an aunt. Like, that, that's the best way that you can come off of it is coming out. And I see Macman just said we need to use Breida more. And then I've seen Kareem Hunt thrown around a lot in the – I don't think that the Browns are moving away from Kareem Hunt. And I don't think that we really – like, I, I like Kareem Hunt as a talent, but do I think that Bean is going to go, one, spend a dra like draft capital to go get Kareem Hunt, and two, with Kareem Hunt's, you know, past uh, issues that have been yeah, – is that a culture a fit? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I mean – uh, obviously, you bring in a guy like you'd bring in a guy like Kareem Hunt, and that'd be good. But no, I think that the one-two punch that we have with Singletary and Moss, while I've been on record as saying I think that their skill set is kind of redundant, I think that at the goal line, Zach Moss is a bowling ball, dude. Like he's gonna like, and he showed it. And I will go on record and say I think he's probably the better goal line back than Singletary. And like, like uh, Izzy said. Give Singletary the rock between the twenties, and then once you're out of there, give it to Moss. Like that's what you got to do if you want this run game to be efficient. Yeah, definitely. Singletary. <laughs> okay. Well, I was, I was just gonna say Singletary is a lot more elusive. Uh, the that agility mm -hmm. is really second to none in the NFL, in my opinion. I haven't seen anybody who can move the way he moves. I I, I said that. Barry Sanders became LeSean. LeSean, I don't know why I said LeSean, but he became LeSean McCoy, and then LeSean McCoy became Devin Singletary. Now, of before y'all kill me, I'm not saying that they're as good as Barry Sanders. I'm just speaking <laughs> to the elusivity, okay? That they're super. What do you mean? That's exactly elusive. what you're saying. Just <laughs> <laughs> people take my stuff out of context all the time, but um, I, I just the elusiveness is absolutely out of this world, and I love that about Devin Singletary. You people say he wasn't fast enough. Well, he sure all ran that Miami defense. That he was fast enough then, right? Uh, and then obviously, barely you know, though. I, I mean, they, they already have. The, the, I was you know when I watched that. I was like, if that was Brita, he would have had like four or five <laughs> steps mean, on them. Of like, course, but Brita is like super fast. I, He's one of the when I saw that defender coming in, I was like, God damn, just just get there, man. Just that was the there. safety. He was already yeah. twenty yards, uh, you know, ahead of uh, Singletary. So he, you know, obviously was closer to the end zone. I look, yeah. man. I I say that uh, Singletary is. is you know, he's fast enough. He, he can get the job done. Obviously, Zach Moss is just a bowling ball, and he can break tackles. Um, I, I really like what we had there. I think um, I, I was I was somebody who said make Singletary the feature back. Um, but, you know, to Izzy's point, 
I think that the one-two punch is is uh is probably the most efficient way to go. Um, I think that they get the job done pretty well. Um, now I do want to talk to you guys about somebody who is he's kind of like a love-hate relationship with Bills Mafia, right? Uh, however, yeah, a touchdown catch, yeah, a touchdown catch, no drops. None at all. <laughs> Eli, how do you feel about Dawson Knox, bro? I I think he's starting off the year, uh, you know, pretty well. I think that um, he's on pace to, like, way break the yards that he he um, had last season or his, his career yards or something. Um, obviously, it's early, so that's pretty easy to say. Um, but touchdown catch, I'm obviously hype about that. Um, and it's just good to see – him. I think he's being utilized right. Um, I think, you know, the tight end isn't like a spot that's going to be super, you know, focused on by the um, by the offense. But I think that he can be utilized um, very well in the way that he is. You know, you don't have to give it to him all the time around the end zone. He's 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 got that big body. And I think he has worked on his hands uh, really well this past offseason. So so far, so good with Dawson Knox. I hope it can keep going because I was a Jacob Hollister guy and he's not around anymore. So um, me too. Yeah. Even if you're not a Jacob Hollister guy though, you like, I mean, I'm sorry. Even if you're uh, a Dawson Knox guy, there's, there's no reason Jacob Hollister shouldn't be on his roster. I don't know. I still don't know. I still don't understand that move. Um, Izzy, how do you feel about uh, Dawson Knox? So I think that that catch was beautiful, honestly. Like if, I mean, he had to really go in for that, but he always makes the hard ones, right? <laughs> yeah. It's always, yeah. It's always the hard ones. One-hander on the sideline with defensive backs dragging all over you. He, he makes the hard ones. Uh, but last week, he made a bunch of easy ones. And I think that the game plan will dictate whether we use the tight ends more in this game or that game than other, ever before uh, with Dable and Josh Allen. Because look at this game. We featured the running backs a, a ton in this game. Right. Last week it was all passing. This week it was running and passing. That could open up the uh, play action game for Josh Allen. All of a sudden now you have play action. Now you now you use your tight end. Because what are you running your play action out of? 11 personnel, 12 personnel. You're going to end up running your play action, and your tight end is going to be really a, a winner for you in certain games. Like when you're playing the Washington football team, loves to you know send the house. They love the blitz, and lots of them don't even have to. So when you're playing a team like that, being able to play action is going to be nice. And hopefully Darren Williams can get get himself together, trying to keep it clean. Yeah, hopefully. He better against that Washington football team because if I travel all the way up to Buffalo and I see a loss, I'm going to be absolutely livid. Like, you think think T.J. Watt bullied him? Boy, I'm going to go out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, but – no, I see I see Logan down there uh, talking about Levi, asking if we think Levi Wallace is CB2 worthy, so we can talk about that afterwards. But, no, I think that uh, – what what was this question that you posed? Dawson I completely Knox. Lost. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox, I believe, had – what? It was three targets and then two receptions, right? So I believe that's what's on the stat sheet. Yeah, three targets, two receptions. One was the touchdown – Thank the Lord because I had him and Mike Gusecki in my fantasy league, and I said I just had a sneaky feeling, and I put Dawson Knox in, and when he caught that touchdown, I just jumped off off the couch. I was so happy. Like that is when that is when you know that 
you're really jaded when it comes to the play of your tight end is you're just happy he caught the pass. So I I really think that Dawson Knox is kind of coming into his own. I really still got to see more from him. Like I got to yeah. just – because when it comes to like – I obviously I love the big playability, and if he's going to be like that as a red zone threat, 100%, I'm going to love it. But I kind of just want to see – if we're going to have that kind of tight end that Brandon Bean has realized that the tight end position, and he's talked about it, if you want to have like those heavy hitters, you got to go find one. And that's why a lot of people thought after those comments that, you know, maybe he wasn't talking about Dawson Knox. And that's why the earth stuff was all over the place. Like I want Dawson Knox to come in here and prove that he is one of those better tight ends in the league and that he is going to be someone who we can regularly use in our offense, especially in the play action, because we're not always going to be able to just throw it up to every single receiver. I will be the first to give Taron Johnson his flowers. Now I need to make a proclamation on here. I have been on here multiple times and I have talked down to Levi Wallace and Levi Wallace Taren had a Johnson good year. dog water. Oh, well, Taron Johnson, the, <laughs> the, the less that you hear Taron Johnson's name, the better. Because he's balling this season. He's doing really good. And I'm just so glad. Like, you don't hear about it. And that's good. So please Bro, don't let Taron Johnson. Force fumble? Yeah. Sack and a force fumble in one game? Yeah. Jeez. Like, he he's balling. Yeah, he's balling. He's balling. And I'm so glad he must have heard my comments, guys. He must have heard it. And <laughs> he was like, works. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I heard I heard what that idiot on the internet who thinks he knows how to play football talk about me and call me some stupid thing called dog water. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna show him. But do I think I, I want I want to pose this question to everybody? They said, Do we think that Levi Wallace is uh is worthy of having the cornerback two spot? And I think Levi, he had a good game, and I will give him his flowers for this last game. It was good. I need to see it, like I told you guys, I need to see it 15 more times during the regular season. I need him to have consistent play, and I know you're going to have off games, but I don't need to see three off games in a row. And then into the playoffs. I just I just got to see it because he's on a one-year deal, and I really just need to see him earn it because from what we've heard he's earned it but i don't know how much competition he really had to get it but he had a really good game i'll give him his flowers for that but what do you think is levi earned cb2 well ever since he's came into the league if levi is healthy levi is starting so Mm. he's earned it you know you could feel how you want to feel about levi Mm. but he's earned it you know what i mean he he hasn't been beaten out and, you know, they've given other people multiple chances for three years now, and nobody's been able to beat him. So, I mean, he, he may, you know, be a liability sometimes. But, you know, he has earned his keep. So, you know, I don't want to understate that. Uh, you know, he's done enough to keep his CB2 position, so he's, he's obviously worthy of it. What, yeah. what do you think, Eli? Um, yeah, I think he's wor- worthy of it, um, especially at where, where we are right now, who we have on this roster. I think that as much as a lot of us love Dane Jackson, um, and he's a playmaker. He made a, a few plays while Levi um, was out. Um, but, um, Dane looked good. Yeah, Dane looked good. But I think that Levi just has the uh, the experience adva- advantage on him, and I think that you know um, 
Bean, Bean loves Bean and uh, McDermott and the coaching staff just love Levi and they love giving him that chance. And it seems like he 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 wins his opportunities when he has the chance. So you know, keep playing him as long as he's not like you know a complete liability all the time. Um, I think that we can find someone better, but maybe not right now. So we keep riding with him. Right. Absolutely. I agree. What about you, Izzy? How you feeling? So I think that he is worthy of CB2. He's one of the top 45 corners in the NFL. Uh, rated from what I remember uh, when I was looking at PFF. The man's just not fast. Like it's, That's his downfall. That's true. He's not fast. So it, well, he's literally doing this. I think he ran, what, a 4-7 almost? Hmm. And he's he's playing basically on mental instinct. Like that interception was Tredavious White-level interception. It was yeah. very, very White-esque, yes. It was it was it was all instinct. It was there was no speed. Like I wasn't like wow he's going fast. It was like oh wow he made that play. Okay cool. And then he got tackled immediately. So it's like <laughs> if that's Trey he might take it to the house. But it's Levi so he got hit. So I, I think it's worthy of, of a CB two spot. I just think that you know it wouldn't hurt to bring in someone who's better like a Richard Sherman. You know someone someone with some so- physical ability. That's that's uh, where I'm going to put this answer is that I think Levi Wallace is worthy of CB2 on this team and the yes. cornerback room as in general. But I can't say that McDermott and, the, and company have truly brought in talent that we know could be worthy of deceiving him. At CB2. And people can throw around Josh Norman, who was washed when we got him. Like, we haven't truly brought in anybody who could truly challenge him. And I know that the whole thing this offseason was Dane versus Levi. But I was never in the Dane camp all that much either. He made some good plays, and I thought that he had some potential. But they didn't truly bring in anybody that was just like, wow, he's really going to challenge Levi. Like, there wasn't anything. So I think it was kind of just a foregone conclusion when we brought him back that when they didn't bring anybody else in or didn't draft anybody, they just don't see that there's a problem there. And, yeah, Levi has been – our secondary has been good with Levi in it, but our secondary could be much better with a solid CB2 that we, we know the talent is out there that's better than Levi. But they have just, brought in cornerback uh, Quentin Dunbar to work out for the Bills. That was that was a workout, right? Yeah. They, well, yeah. they're bringing him in to work out. They haven't uh, worked him out yet. Okay. Well, that I and I think that's good depth. I think just as much depth at that corner position as possible. And I think maybe they kind of realized that once Levi went down and they had to bring Dane in, and they were like, "Okay, what happens if Levi actually goes down, and we're not able to just bring him right back in?" So I think that. They, let's see the more playing time our young guys have on the deal. Okay. Including uh, Levi's been in it for four years though. I don't know how much more playing time we can really give Levi to like, you can't teach speed. Like you can't, it's, it's just something that Levi's a sticky guy who has to play 10 yards off because if he plays man, he doesn't have the speed and he gets beat. Like yeah. he's that's, that's just kind of the problem. We know that they, like we were all clamoring for them to draft a really good corner so we could have that one, two punch. But, you know, we still have Levi Wallace, who's a solid option, but we know it could be better. All right. Um, We are over an hour in, um, so 
pretty, the Bills stomped the Dolphins is pretty much, you know, like um, Bills stomped the Dolphins. The defense played extremely well. Uh, 0-4, I'm sorry, the Dolphins were 0-4 on fourth down. Uh, no field goal attempts, if I'm mistaken. I don't think they had a single attempt. Um, they rarely got into the red crazy. zone. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, real quick, we're just going to do a preview of the game next week versus mm. the Washington football team, just to kind of get you guys' thoughts on that. Um, just first of all, overall, Eli, what do you what do you think of the Washington football team? They are without Ryan Fitzpatrick, so we will see Taylor Heineke starting. You know, what, what do you think of their team in general? Um, I I actually like their team. I like Taylor Heineke. Um, I like Terry McLaurin. I love Terry McLaurin. He's like one of my favorite. Uh, players, uh, but Antonio Gibson too. They have a lot of nice pieces, um, but uh, you know, I would say that they're definitely a team that the the Bills should beat um, and can beat. Um, I think that their their defense is going to be maybe a little bit of a tough matchup for us. Um, like as we've seen, you know, with the way that we match up to the Steelers defense, it worries me a little bit with like a, a guy like Chase Young. Um, but he's nothing. He, in my opinion, he's not really anywhere close to T.J. Watt. Um, so can't really compare there, but, um, I'm, I'm excited for that game. I think that, uh, that'll be a fun one. I think the bills will win it. I don't think it's going to be a, a slaughter like the it was in Miami though. Real quick, Jake long is firing back a little bit. Uh, and I do think this is a pretty good point. Um, he said it wasn't about more playing time for Levi. It was, I the just, D-line. I read the question wrong when it was up on the screen. That's it. Like I don't, oh, okay. I'm, I, it was no shot alone. I just read the question wrong, and I kind of went off okay. with that. But, yeah, no, I think our D-line with more time is just going to get better. Um, but uh-huh. just to go to this uh, Washington football team, Washington, which right. I – Yeah, so I, fi- I finally get to go watch the Bills in Buffalo, and I get to watch them play the Washington football team. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And I think when it comes to the team in general, I like Scary Terry. I think Taylor Heineke – Definitely is a little bit more of a loose cannon back there. Um, I I truly think their defensive line is stout, is good, but their secondary, again, they're like the Steelers where it was kind of like, okay, their defensive line's scary, but their secondary, it's whatever, right? So I think that it all depends on what the Washington football team does when they're coming against. Are they going to do what the Steelers did and drop more into coverage? and just try to like rush three because our offensive line can't get it done. Is our offensive line going to take the step up and then make them have to actually just go back to a normal game plan. And then Josh can pick apart the secondary. I don't know what this game is going to be. It all has to do with game planning. It all comes down to what the game plan is going to be. I think our personnel is just overall across the board better. Uh, Yes, they have chase young, but I just think, that going into this game, our offense hopefully just takes the step that it needs to, gets the jitters gone, takes the step it needs to. And my big thing was, if they do want to back off and go into coverage, our run game last week just showed that if you don't want to respect the run game, that what it's going to do to you. So I, I think it's going to be a great game in general. Whether or not whatever game plan they go in with, I think they just need to you know be able to adapt on the fly. Izzy, how do you feel about the Washington football team, um, just their team in general? Underrated. I think they're underrated. I think that defense is nasty. Uh, Terry McLaurin, underrated wide receiver. I know I know everybody knows that he's good, but 
Mm. He might be a top 10 receiver in the NFL. I don't think there's no might be about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he might he might be right behind the digs, the you know, the freaking uh DeAndre Hopkins is he, he he might be that just just that next tier just below them. He might even be in a tier with them. Um fantasy is good. Yeah, I know I got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And luckily I had Singletary on the bench because Mostert went down and then so yeah. that, that was not good for me too. But yeah, no that that defense is, is pretty scary. Um, as long as they can tighten it up on offense, I think that on defense we should be able to hold them down. Though I mean, we played mm. top notch receivers and held them down. It's not it's not a big deal. Um, but this is this is going to be a test. Uh, anybody who thinks this one's going to be a walk in the park, this one is going to be much harder than the Dolphins. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think um, Washington football team. Uh, obviously, anybody who you know listens to the program knows how I feel about Fitz. I think the Fitz could have been a perennial. Uh, a perennial pro bowler if he was more consistent. Um, I think he has all the talent in the world. Terry's uh, scary. Terry has played with five different quarterbacks in his short career so far. He's had 10 different, you know, quarterback changes to deal with. He hasn't had any consistency at all, really. Um, And he's still one of the top receivers in the league. Uh, Obviously, Gibson for the, in the backfield is a beast. Jared Patterson in the backfield is a beast. Uh, Logan Thomas, a beast. Like, they have plenty of weapons. I believe in Tyler, Taylor Heineke a little bit more than a lot of people do. I think he I has a lot of talent. Um, I think that if he puts it together, he could be like a nah, – I'm going to say Josh, but I think he has a lot of the same skill set. Uh, he, he's very mobile. He has a really good arm. Uh, he's fairly accurate. Um, and, and I think that, you know, under the right circumstances, he could be a real problem. Um, now, unfortunately, he has to go up against Leslie Frazier and his defense. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that that will derail him a little bit. But I think that playing teams like the Giants, the Cowboys and, you know, uh, the Eagles six times a year, I think that'll be good for him, you know, because oh, yeah. he gets to prove himself against those off, awful defenses. Um, then their defense, obviously, it speaks for itself. That front seven is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, those guys, man, are crazy. The, they were just blowing teams up, man. And it's a little scary, especially coming off of what happened in Pitt. Um, I'm hoping that because of Miami, our offensive line has found a little bit of a rhythm and can, you know, come face to face with those guys. I'm hoping that Dable learned how to adjust on the fly. I'm hoping for a lot of things. I'm hoping McDermott doesn't mix. You know, he's he made a more a couple more questionable decisions this weekend. Um, it's becoming a little bit concerning, but it's only week two, so we'll uh you know we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh predictions, we're gonna get predictions for the game. What you got, Izzy? Uh so I got us winning a nail biter twenty-one to twenty. Yeah, it's, it's that close. Low scoring game. Yeah. And I I don't also don't want us to forget about the back end of that defense. Um uh, Landon Collins is no joke. Dude, dude's a hitter. So if we our running backs need to hold on to that damn ball. Hitter. Yeah, he's a hitter for real. And our running backs need to hold on to the damn ball. Um yeah, twenty one twenty. I think scary Terry uh comes out there like he did in Rick and Morty. And uh <laughs> we may still win, but it's not gonna be easy. What about you, uh, Jake? How are you feeling? 
I'm just looking at the stats here from the old Washington football team when they were playing. Uh, Taylor Heineke on the New York Giants put up 336 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception while throwing 46 times. And then I do believe when they played, uh, they also played and they put up like, what was it? Uh, Like 170 yards rushing. So that was the Giants put up 170 yards rushing on the Washington football team. So I'm going to stick by my thing again and say that we're going to run the ball. I think our defense is going to still just step up. And I don't think that Taylor Heineke is going to have as easy of a day as we think. I'm going to say the bills win 21 to seven. Now. Oh, wow. Seven. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, that's on, that's on power with our defense. So maybe 21 year. to 10. Maybe they get no, I, yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely see I it. Yeah, because yeah. if you think about it with the Steelers, their offense had like 17 points or mm-hmm. 16 points, something like that. Uh, the Miami Dolphins obviously didn't score at all. So, you know, I don't think that's too far-fetched. However, the Washington – I'm sorry, the, the Giants run, uh, how many rushing yards they had. Mm-hmm. I did watch that game. That doesn't really reflect how the game went. They had a lot of chunk runs. Like Daniel Jones had a really, really long one. I think it was something like 60 yards. Yeah, uh, he had a, He had a couple, actually. No, no. It, it it got called back. The touchdown got called back, but he still got like 50 out of the 60 yards um, oh. because the, the holding happened at like the, the five, 10 yard line, something like that. Um, he had a couple. Yeah. He, and it wasn't really a hold. Honestly, it, it was a, it was a ticky tack call, but um, then he had a couple runs like that where he kind of just got out into open space. Um, and then I think Saquon had like a 40 yard run as well, where Chase Young was, Neck and neck with Saquon Barkley running down the sideline. That was absolutely ridiculous. Was There's no way a man as large as Chase Young should be hawking down Saquon Barkley. That was scary. I'm not going to lie to you. That was a little bit concerning, especially when he's going to be going up against Daryl Williams, who hasn't been playing great this year. So hopefully, you know, that he looks a little bit better. Um, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, cut you off, Eli. Uh, what is your prediction? Um, I think it's going to be a little closer than what Jake says, but a little bit. Um, you know, more so I think it's gonna be 28 20. So it's gonna be, I think, like, okay. a, like a touchdown-ish game. Um, but I think the Bills win it. Um, I think that the Bills have to come from behind a little bit at first. I think that our, our offense doesn't start up, you know, the way that we might want it to. But I think Josh throws two touchdowns and uh Singletary and Moss score one each. And then yeah, we win 28 20. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm gonna go. Obviously, I'm going to say the Bills win. I'm not going to predict the loss uh, for the Buffalo Bills ever, unless it's like disgusting and like we're missing like mad people. Um, but I'm going to say that the Bills win. I, I, hopefully, you know what? I'm going to say bump it. There's just this, you know what? Because I had my at name last year was JA17 MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Josh absolutely went stupid, balled out. I changed it to J17 underscore BIB. Josh didn't play great, right? The minute I changed it back to J17 MVP, he <laughs> throws that 41-yard bomb to Stefan Diggs. And I was like, okay, so it was me. It's my fault, right? So I'm a very superstitious person. I'm going to say that this is where Josh has his 2021 coming out party, and he balls the hell out. I'm going to say the Bills win 28 to 12. That's where I'm going to go with it. I like it. Bill goes only. 
Uh, field goals only. Absolutely. I, I don't really see them scoring touchdowns on his defense. I don't. See, I'm, I'm glad, Justice. Me and you are really close to each other there when it comes to that. We got faith. We got faith. Yeah. Our yeah, defense. I think they get it. Uh, okay, so we do got a, a couple predictions in here. Uh, we got 21-10. I'm assuming that's Bill's win. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But um, I know that Monday Night Football is going to start soon. I don't want to hold you guys up in the comments, mm-hmm. and I definitely don't want to hold you gentlemen up. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Izzy. Uh, this is just a kind of a comedic point. Uh, is it just me or does Daniel Jones look like the kid from The Maze Runner? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. It sounds funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a couple more predictions in here. Disappointed. Right. 31 13. Give me that all day. I just think yeah, that's that one too long. I think the hey, Bills are at the end, and I think that uh, we're down by six, and then Josh you know, puts it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Kick that to point. Bob's your uncle. We stay home. And- Wrap it up. That's what I, I will be pissed if the game is that close. But yeah, a win is a win. So that's, uh, that's yeah, all I'm saying that, that 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 Washington football team defense is nasty. I don't want to miss that defense at all. If we're gonna they struggle against one, it's that one. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel you. Uh, they are probably the next best defensive line we're gonna play after the Steelers this year. Um, however. We, I do, or I'm sorry, we do want to uh, thank you guys for joining us today. All of you guys out in the comments, uh, uh, you know, just supporting us, whether, you know, you commented or not, just watching the show, supporting us. We appreciate it. Please hit the like button before you go. Might as well. It's, it's real easy. It helps us out a lot. So really appreciate all the support. We got my man Izzy from the Red Zone Report. Um, we'll talk to you guys about that a little bit later. But uh, mm-hmm. my man Izzy from the Red Zone Report always appreciate you um you know coming through and we got my man eli all day buffalo you can find him on twitter all day buffalo all day buffalo comes up saturdays uh on bills and buffalo podcast network always a pleasure talking to you bro um day one right there um and then obviously we got my man jake jordan the lowdown every single friday maximum marvel wednesdays uh first round by mondays go ahead I just want to leave everybody with one thing. Just do not forget, Tua Tungavailoa stinks. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins scored zero points on the Buffalo Bills. Turn the ball the over. Buffalo, yeah. The no, ball. got run over is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the new one. Dude. <laughs> Tua got the run new over. One he got run over. Well, he was at the EpiPen. And that we are going to be here every single week to break down the Buffalo Bills destroying their competition here on yep. first round by. So make sure to come pop by every single Monday for your Monday night men and drop the like, because you got to show the support for built in Buffalo and all go. of the live shows throughout the week. Check out the podcast if you're into that kind of thing. And yeah, I, that's all I got to say. That's all hey, I gotta say. remember this. We had a, we had a bad game yesterday. We had a yeah. bad game yesterday and we're still 35 points better than the dolphins. Yep. <laughs> that's very true. Josh Allen, majority owner of, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> but yes. Um, and of course me, um, you can follow me on Twitter, JA 17 MVP, obviously every Monday, first round by my man, Jake Jordan here, um, Tuesdays. So tomorrow, uh, the windshield factor podcast, uh, drops on, you know, right on your phone, uh, built in Buffalo podcast network. So please go ahead and support that. And then on Wednesdays, me and my brother caveman, uh, we do home field advantage and, uh, we, we might, 
I have something else coming soon. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys know about that soon. And then Wednesdays, of course, I got Maximum Marvel with my man, Jake. Uh, so thank you so much for the support, guys. Please, Busy before week. you guys go, just, just yeah, seriously. And then I might be getting a little bit busier. And I might have a really, really, really dope position coming up. I will let you guys know that if it does happen. I'm not going to jinx it. Um, but it, that is very, very uh very exciting for me personally. Um, however, anyway, I know you guys don't care about that. Uh, please smash the like button before you go. Uh, thank you guys for supporting. As usual, this is Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And this is my brother, A. King, A. Rich Say. If you don't know us, get to know us. All right, everybody. Deuce. Thank you for listening to The Wind Chill Factor with your host, Justice General. Be sure to catch Justice every Tuesday only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.